Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. My name is David. David. And I'm Zach. Nice. We did <laughs> and, it. And we are the internet's premier, premier Star, Star Trek, Trek fan, fan podcast. Cast, coming cast. at you from parts unknown. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was my uh, rendition of oh, the theme song, theme song from parts, parts unknown. unknown. I was referencing I the... I tried. Uh, um, What's it called? Uh, never mind. Uh, I, I, it I wasn't know. a good reference. No, I, I, I got it. I totally understand. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, well, so right <laughs> off the top, uh, I'll say thank you to all of our lovely, fun, fine listeners. That's right. We appreciate you. Um, hopefully you're catching us on all major podcasting platforms. Um, you can send us an uh, email at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. And we're on Patreon, uh, the Star Companion at Patreon, or patreon.com slash thestarcompanion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a trivia night coming up. That's right. Um, I'm hoping this airs. I'm going to let you guys behind the curtain a little bit. We air these a few weeks out. And uh, so a professional ho- <clears throat> production studio. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so hopefully this um, airs before the trivia night. And if it doesn't, thanks for coming. And if it does, hopefully we'll see you there. It's in Arcadia at Mount Low Brewery on December 3rd. And then we have the one the day after, right? At DeWolf at December, December 4th. And that's in Pasadena? Pasadena. Right on. California. And we hope to see you guys out there. Uh, we understand that we are a... At this point, international podcast. International. If you can't make it, that's all right. You know, maybe we'll catch up sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when they develop uh, transportation technology. Maybe they something that could warp like, us in. Yeah, something like a warp technology. Warp us over to Australia so we can see our boy Troint. 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 Uh, but on the topic of really cool fans, um, we would like to. Give a shout out and a thanks to Alexis Dahl for reaching out to us. That's right. Um, we really fucking appreciate that. It's nice knowing that uh, 
we have fans in Indiana. Let me see. Yeah, Indiana. And um, and Alexis, I got I to gotta say, I really, really like your jumpsuit. I got one, and I wore it for Halloween as well. So we're repping that Enterprise uh, yeah. crew swag. That, and it was a great uh, Andorian makeup you did. Yeah, it was. With the, with the ears. Yeah. I wonder how you did that. Maybe you just tied it into your hair. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it looks great. It looks great. Doesn't matter. We're happy to know that you love Enterprise just as much as uh, we do. I'm loving it. You know, yeah, I'm loving it too. And uh, for those of you that don't know, and this is your first time listening, we uh, watch Star Trek episode by episode, star date by star date, and then we review the episode, and that puts us in beginning in uh, Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm. and we're on Season 2, Episode 16, Future Tense, Stardate Unknown. Unknown. Sometime in 2151. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, it might be 2152. 2152. Jesus, i got to change that on these notes. 52. <clears throat> so what... So what goes on? What goes on? Well, in this episode, we find the crew of Enterprise adrift in space. <gasps> Uh, they're they're not drifting. They're actually flying through space. Oh, I see. But they find another ship that's adrift in space that cannot fly and doesn't show any life signs aboard when they do a little uh-huh. preliminary scan. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They bring it into the ship. Okay, stop right there. <clears throat> so they bring it into the ship, right? Mm-hmm. No containment field, no nothing. No No hazmat suits. And then our boys show up and they just like... Touch it. They just get right in there and start touching it and they just touch be looking them. around and, you know, don't you think... Filling it up. Don't you think there should be a little bit more of a, uh, like, protocol? There should be, yeah. But you know what? This is Enterprise. I'm willing to look past it. Okay. Maybe a little bit. It's still worthy to bring up on the podcast is, is the point here. Oh. So they bring it into the, into the ship. It's in the launch bay and they're searching around it for a... Uh, for a hatch to get inside the ship. With a hatch. And they can't get into the ship very easily, so Malcolm, who happens to be in the in the launch bay at the time, uses the old fire the laser at the fused shut hatch door to a strange alien vessel trick. So he go and he looks at doesn't he look at dad and he grabs a gun and he looks at dad and he's like, Yeah, go ahead. And then he starts shooting a laser at it. Yeah. As if that's the best way to go. You know what? If Seems we can't, reasonable. If we can't find a door, let's just... Uh, shoot it. Let's just shoot it. Let's get it open. Yeah. If we had a lightsaber, we would cut it open. But this is Star Trek, so we got to phase it open. Wow. Nice. They phase it open, and uh, who crawls inside? Is it Dad that crawls inside? Yeah, Dad crawls inside, yeah. and he sees a uh, corpse, and then I think Flox peeks his head in, and he goes, that this was a human male. Yes. Oh, nice, Fox. Thank you. That's right. And they 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 originally well they find him in a sitting up position. And I gotta say, if I was out in space traveling around the cosmos, mm-hmm. I'd probably be laying down, kicking back. Yeah. I wouldn't want to die sitting up if I was flying through space. Okay. Right. Why? Well, I don't know. Because I imagine you're flying through space, and there's really I mean, if you're just kind of flying, you set in a trajectory. And uh, then you lay around and play soccer and <laughs> bake cookies and eat your bake cookies, eat huh? your rations oh. and things like that. But what's weird about this ship is that there's not a lot of space in it. 
What? Yeah. So they're like, well, who is this guy? And they called Dr. Flox to get him in. And they, they originally think that it was actually Zephram Cochran, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting little callback to, yeah. you know, Star Trek lore. And, uh, <clears throat> well, I forget the context here, but there's a huge dramatic pause when they say, well, if we haven't discovered, you know, Zephram Cochran, dramatic pause. It's still a monument. We've discovered an even bigger mystery. That's right. And then that was pretty much the setup. That was, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, great oh, shit, setup. who knows? So a little bit of backstory um, on Zephram Cochran. I actually did a little research on him. Mm. So apparently, at the ripe old age of 87, he took off in his ship from, I believe it was the Andromeda Galaxy or something like that. Okay. Or No. I don't know. You did no, the research. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not in a. They're not. They didn't go to the Andromeda galaxy. He took off from parts unknown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was never heard from again. Or was he? Maybe. Dun dun dun. Oh God, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know, but you know what I do know. Go ahead. Those damn dirty Suliban show up. I mean, ta- <laughs> Suliban Taliban. Show up. I mean, Suliban. Crazy how you get those two mixed up. And then they just fucking, like, appear into the ship, the cargo bay, no problem. Yeah, no problem. You just crawl in. Yeah, that's fine. No big. They, they zoom in. They warp in. There's, no, there's in. no shield. You know, normally you have to take the shields down to transport anyone out. Yeah. Suliban just, you know. Not with future mm-hmm. tech. Jump right in. Not with terrorist tech. <sighs> terrorist. Future terror. As So there's, they start searching around the ship. You know, because they're like, this ship's really small, and we can't find the we can't find the engine to it. That's this right. Is, this is Reed and and Trip. Careful. Oh, and Mike. they they discover that there's actually an engine, very small. No. And it's made out of organic circuitry. No. And they they actually call it. They end up calling it a spore drive, and they find out it's powered by tardigrades. No. <laughs> Shut up. They don't. Say and that. mushrooms. They don't. Um, they don't see that. No. Did you notice that the organic circuitry's blood was blue? It was blue, yeah. But it was a human male flying the ship. Yeah. Were they harvesting Endorian blood? It's a good question. These are the questions <laughs> that the Star Companion presents. To and you. these are the voyages of the premier Star Trek fan podcast, <laughs> the Star Companion, on all major podcasting. Um, but they they ripped the hatch off this engine. Hell yeah, bro. And they discover... With some pretty sick crank sounds. Yeah. And very grunting and groaning and uh-huh. scrumming and all that type of jazz. And they did the old, oh my god, it's really heavy, but as I'm going to put it down, <laughs> it's really light trick. That's a classic trick. <laughs> they they discover this giant uh, ladder leading down mm-hmm. into this part of the ship, which doesn't make sense because the ship's actually really tiny. So Trip drops a spanner down the ladder and it hits the bottom after a delayed response mm-hmm. and you know trip gets all worried and and he just starts climbing down there and reed's like what are you doing he's like i gotta get my, my spanner back gotta get my spanner back <laughs> and um yet again we see an unbelievable lack of, of establishment and following of a protocol yeah here. no again they're just like oh let's go down there and go pick it up sounds good no problem. Should we call a security detail? No, here? no. You know, no. I mean, it looks like that the 
it kind of looks like the ship's absorbing radiation. <laughs> yeah. But let's just not worry about the radiation. <laughs> Should we tell anybody we're going down here? Nope. 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 Not this time. Nope. Fiction. Pure fiction. As they're rummaging around in this bottom of this ship, they find this kind of little triangular circuit box thing mm -hmm. engine mm -hmm. undisclosed at this point and at this point that's when the syllabon drop out of work those motherfucking ta syllabons camel jaw <laughs> syllabons <laughs> they drop out of warp and they they hail archer and they say we're gonna need that ship we laid tr we need we laid claim to that trip well what was it Shit. Salvage claim? Mm hmm We laid a salvage we claim. We surveyed it first, bitch. There's space <laughs> rules. Yeah. <laughs> Finders keepers. Like, what? We called dibs on it. What are you, a prospector? Yeah. <laughs> and so dad says, well, I'm not giving you over that ship. He says, give me over that goddamn ship. He says, you know what? I'm not going to give you that ship. If you, need, if you need to talk to your high command, ask for a guy named Silic. Yeah. He's familiar with me. Dad. Space cowboy. Yeah. Maverick. Again vacillates between i don't know and you know what fuck him <laughs> yeah we're going in fucking roughshod so the syllabon cut off transmission they 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 zoom over and they start firing and this in in my memory at least is the first really drawn out space battle we get in enterprise sure yeah that sounds right you know yeah and it's a good one it's a good one It's a good one. Excuse me. And it just, it, it reminded me of how much, you know, another reason why I love the show is because Enterprise, they're so severely under-equipped, you know, and mm -hmm. it makes them disadvantaged in scuffles like this, so they have to really be tactical about it. So yeah. it's like, I think he says, shoot their weapons, and he shoots off their weapons, and that's pretty much all they can do. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, a later generation of... of Photon cannon in their ass. Yep. Torpedo, rather. Torpedo. Shoots them. Mm-hmm. Shoots the Nazis. They also have better shields. They do? They do? They got a fucked up looking ship. And then, uh... What happens? Aren't they... They always... Oh, so they... Somehow, at some point, fucking Trav loses them. And he goes, I lost him, Captain. Fucking nice, dude. How'd you lose him? Space maneuvers. Oh, space maneuvers. I'm sensing some real issues with some sort of temporal, cult, you know, prime <laughs> directive here. <laughs> Just fucking around. And when did the Tholians show up? Soon. 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 Soon the Tholians show up. So, oh, I forgot to mention during... <laughs> their elk squelch. That's my, uh, my Tholian for you guys. <laughs> so it's during this battle that, that some Suliban infiltrate the ship. Yeah. And uh, they have a little fight in the launch bay. Shoot, shoot them out. Shoosting. Shoots them out. Um, it's also during this time, well, after that, that, that Phlox makes a major discovery. He's taken this body up to the mm -hmm. medical bay, and he's determined that he's actually not human. Uh-oh. Do you know what he is? Part Vulcan. That's right. And? Part mostly terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. I don't remember. He comes from a long line of inner, inner bred species, different species. 
He's a mulatta. Uh-huh. Mongrel combination of inner space species. Yeah, I know it was more than one. Yeah, it was a lot. Okay, I thought you were setting me up for a specific one. No. I just asked because well, I forgot. I could have said many. Many. Damn it. Various. Um, hmm. But the important distinction here is he's Vulcan. And that kind of throws to Paul for a little loop. She's like, oh, Vulcans and humans don't interbreed. That's well, not that safe. and there's no fucking time travel, okay? Vulcans. <laughs> God damn it, Flux. So then Flux, what, takes it upon himself to go have have dinner with uh, T'Pol later? With T'Pol, yeah, and he says, hey, not for nothing, but, um, you know. Well, what does he say? I don't remember. Uh, well, he goes, <laughs> that wasn't one of my major notes that I wrote down. <laughs> More or less, he says, you see, T'Pol, Denobulans are dumb like you. You're so dumb, time travel is real. That's what I sussed out there. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, hey, man, sometimes you learn something else, man. You know, you're not all that's written is gold. You know what I mean? Sometimes, to Paul, the most reasonable answer is not the most logical. What? A.K.A. <clears throat> have you seen my bats? Yeah, have you seen right. my monkeys? I like animals. Have you seen my jellyfish? A classic flocks mess hall scene. Yeah. <laughs> which have become pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of the, yeah, he does play a good counselor. Yeah, the Enterprise. Well, I think he technically is, right? Because remember, That's right. Uh, someone goes and sees him. Well, and he's got a bunch of degrees, too. And mm-hmm. he fought in a war, too. And he's got a bunch of wives. That's right. Can you imagine a... how many lifetimes you would need to do all the shit that Flox has done? <laughs> Flox is a man of distinguishment. He is. Distinguished taste. Distinguished women. Ladies' man. Yeah. yeah. Distinguished women. <laughs> so they bring, they eventually bring this little black box up to... Mm-hmm. The thing and, and Trip says, I think it's a black box. And, um, you know, Dad says, Get on it, decipher it, figure it out. And they actually pull out some of the recordings. Actually, it's just 5,000 hours of a guy talking to himself. Mm-hmm. I imagine that'd be a pretty short read <laughs> or a pretty monotonous read, at least. Uh huh. And then, uh, and then Reed goes, well, let's just listen to the last one. Mm-hmm. And then Trip goes, you're probably the kind of person who reads the end of the book. How's it feel, David? <laughs> How's it feel to know that you're reading I'm Trip? David, everybody, read the last page in 1984. And for those of you that haven't read that book, do not read the last page of the book. And that's just uh, that's something everyone needs to know. You, you shouldn't read the last page of the book. I'm a literary critic. Nothing surprises me anymore. You weren't surprised? Except my own beauty when I wake up in the morning and see myself in the mirror. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, David. Yo. I always wanted to meet a Stegosaurus. (laughs) What does he say in response to that? I forget. Uh, I'll probably eat you alive. uh, Uh, Stegosaurus is a leaf eater. It's a herbivore. Herb. Herbivore. Yeah, I don't remember what they say, but anyway, they get caught in a loop. They get caught in a little time loop, a little temporal loop. Yeah. And it's because there's actually temporal radiation coming Mm -hmm. out from this ship. You know, David, you're probably the kind of person who reads the end of the book. (laughs) How does it feel to know that you're Reed and I'm Trip? I'm a literary critic. David's the guy who read the last page of 1984, and for those of you that don't know, do not read the last page of 1984. I feel like... What would surprise you is your own beauty, though, when you wake up. Have we... Oh, my God. Has this happened before? Have we done this before? 
I knew these mics were emitting some sort of radi- radiation. I had this thought that we were going to do that this whole time <laughs> when I was watching this episode. You're welcome. I don't know if that really helps the listener at all or it was fun. That's but, funny. You know. It's an herbivore, though. Yeah. What is? The Brachiosaurus. Oh, well, because I always wanted to meet a Stegosaurus. Mm. I read the last meet page it. of 19... 19- uh oh. Have we read have we had this conversation before? It so, just degrades. Yeah. <laughs> Beauty mirror. I look good my morning. Um Tanagra. <laughs> uh at Tanagra. <laughs> when the walls fell. And this is actually where this is where the Tholians show up. Those motherfuckers. And they they say, Archer, we need your we need your that ship Archer we need that that ship in your thing it's got it's emitting some sort of radiation Archer says well you know what we're gonna go hang out with our Vulcan friends so we don't need you thanks we've got the Vulcans coming and he says you better give it to me Archer god damn it and he says no I don't want to and they they issue a stern Tholian signature squelching elk scream uh huh what does that sound like a squelching elk what does it sound like yeah like in well, you do it. You, you do, do it better. It. No, you do it. It's like a. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> there's like a there's like an elk call, like uh-huh. an elk mating call, and then call. there's a screech, and then a yeah, a screech and a squelch. Yeah, but they're not humanoid. Squelching, squelching, squanching. Um, I have a question for you, Zach. I have an answer for you, Dave. <laughs> How many? So they started doing. <laughs> <laughs> they started doing that genetic profile on that guy that they found in that ship. Yeah. How many generations do you think they'd have to go back to discover that his family was slave owners? <laughs> uh, so it's 21. 51? So you got it. Uh, 52, so you got to go back. But he's from the future. He's like from like, what, 600 years in the future? Some, well, I don't think we know, right? So it's That's like right. At least 300 years, right? Yeah, at least 300 years. But then if he's from the future, you tack on maybe another 600. So 900 years? Until you get to slave owners? I don't know, man. I just know, you know, we're all one people. We're a human race. And we, yeah. need to, <laughs> we need to fix this goddamn planet Earth. We do. And that actually, that reminded me. Do you know they had that show on PBS? You ever see that show? What show on PBS? It's, uh... Just that show? The one where they bring back people from the future. Downton Abbey? Yeah. Where they bring back people from the future? No, no, no. They bring in celebrities, and they they research their family history. What, what drunk history? No, no, no. That's Comedy this? Central. Yeah. enjoying this? Um, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I am surprised by my own beauty. Did <laughs> um, you know you're the kind of person who reads the end of a book? No, no, no. Sorry, I think they there's bring... temporal radiation coming from my beer. I think so, too. Drink up, pal. So, no, they bring in celebrities and they do, like, a deep dive on their family history. Who does? PBS. When? Downtown Abbey. <laughs> they... So you're a stegosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is going off the rails. <laughs> Anyways, they had an episode where they brought in Ben Affleck. You ever hear about this? Oh. Yeah, where they brought in Ben Affleck and they found that he had a bunch of slave owners. Yeah, no, I do remember this And then he, now. Tr- he tried to censor it. He tried to tell them, like, don't play don't it. Don't release that, yeah. yeah. and they played it. And that's why he got the dragon tattoo. That's right. 
Checkmate libtard. Huh. That's where he got the dragon tattoo. What an awful back tattoo. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah. What's the name of that show? I have a PBS account. It's like Roots or something. Uh, Finding Your Roots or something like that. The one with LeVar Burton Roots. <laughs> Was he in the remake or the original? I think he's in the remake. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, that's kind of what it reminded me of. I was like, I wonder... It's just a little thought experiment yeah. I had. Okay. I'm sorry. I really I really took it off the rails. So the Tholians leave. <laughs> <laughs> they, they give a little squelch, <laughs> which can only be construed as an interstellar fist shake. Yeah. And they're they're speeding up to rendezvous with the with the Vulcans. That's that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. So um that's Trip and, and Reed have their little argument. And he brings up a good point because he's talking about how if someone from the future came back and said you're gonna marry this person. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, and then he says, uh, did you marry her because you love her or did you marry her because some book told you to? Yes. That would be an interesting dilemma, right? Because... Well, and you see, David, this is why we have a temporal prime directive. Mm. But continue. Well, I just, I just mean, like, wouldn't that be interesting? Like, what if you were presented with that <sighs> issue, like if someone came back from the future and said, Zach, you're going to marry this person. Mm-hmm. Well, then you'd be looking out for David. You know, if someone said you're going to marry someone named David, <laughs> then it would be like, oh, God, every David I meet, I wonder if that, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. That David. <laughs> no! That David. I thought it was some hip name for a girl. <laughs> um, I thought it would be in the future. You know, girls have fuck. guy names, guys have girl names. Shit. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know when you die? Hmm. <laughs> No, nah, I want to be surprised. Yeah, I'd like to be surprised, too. Yeah. Let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Because otherwise, I'll just spend my whole life thinking about it. Yeah. But then again, if you knew, if you found out when you were going to die, that means you could go jump off cliffs. So this is kind of the <laughs> premise of the first episode of Rick and Morty for season four. Is it really? Sort of, yeah. Okay. They, they, get a, they get a time crystal, yeah. and Morty wants to die with Jessica. Mm. And so he does everything within his power to... Get them to almost die? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well to... Uh, so he puts it on his head, and any time he does something, he's trying to do something, so he sees his death with Jessica. Okay. So he's only doing things that... I don't know. It's really disjointed, and... Yeah. It's pretty good. But he he tries to get to that point. Yeah, is yeah. The point. He, he if you if since he knew in real time, mm-hmm. he at every moment he tried to end at that one point. Okay. So it consumed him. I guess maybe jumping off cliffs wouldn't be a good idea because if you're like you're gonna die in, I think you're changing your luck. Yeah. Well, but also like if you're like okay, you're gonna die in forty years, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go jump off a cliff tomorrow. What if you're in a coma for the next thirty nine years? Yeah. <laughs> True. They didn't. They didn't tell you how you'll die. Yeah, unless they did. You'll die in a coma from jumping off cliffs. Well, then you wouldn't jump off cliffs. Would right. you then rob trains? Maybe. Yeah, because then maybe my maybe my path would take me to prison, and then I do like a Shawshank, but really I claw <laughs> out at that last moment, and know? that's when you die, and that's I fall out of a cliff. Oh, because yeah. you dig into a cliff. Yeah, and I'll be on a, a cliffside prison. That, that'd be a real fuck up. 
right. So is that how you think you're going to die? Falling off a cliff? Yeah. Because it, it, it come up. Maybe. Maybe. Could be fun. We should go. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I don't want to marry this person that I was told I was going to marry. <laughs> hey, Zach, take this picture for me. Zach, 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 because I'm falling off the cliff. <laughs> you, yeah. uh... You ever want to meet a stegosaurus? <laughs> I had another question for you too. Oh, I'm I'm all ears. Yeah, we're going off a little bit of a tangent this episode. If you could go back in time, yes, where would you go? Do you have oh to any time? Yeah, just to see anything. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I'd shoot baby Hitler in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I could go back to see any time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would want to see the Library of Alexandria. I would too. I want to know what the fuck's in there. That's that's. I wonder if there's. I thought the same exact thing, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like year, thousands, of, maybe thousands of years of lost knowledge. I need to know. Well, and then, so, <clears throat> my question is, okay, so you said that in the future they have that prime directive, right? Yeah. Does that mean then that that they've been able to go back in time? Like to like ancient Greece and like see what the fuck was going on back then. See if they're a bunch of liars. I mean, <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, you could learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Could see the beginning of time. What is time? Could see dinosaurs. Like uh, like stegosaurus. I always wanted to meet a stegosaurus. <laughs> Do you ever read the last page of the book? bastard do not read the last page in 1984 it ruins it it's a psa also avoid catch 22 that is a fucking trashman's book i don't care if you <laughs> like it you know that book sucks anyways i'd like to say something go ahead yeah go those tholian ships they look badass they fucking do those are sick looking ships they do yeah they really do i love the 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 holographic lighting on the outside of them too yeah it's really cool. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. So they they're running away from the Tholians and the Sulaban now to the Vulcans. Mm -hmm. And Dad decides to take a little a little meeting with T'Pol in his ready room. And wouldn't it be annoying if you're the captain of a starship, prestigious starship, and you go into your ready room and it's just that much shorter than you? And you gotta like duck your head underneath the eye beams every time you move around the room. Did you notice that? I didn't. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, why didn't they fucking do that? They didn't take Archer's measurements? It's a set. Yeah. This is why Scott Bakula's on CSI now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm gonna have to watch for that now. Yeah. I've I... seen it in several ready room scenes now. He's constantly like Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can visualize that. Huh. Nice take, David. Yeah. Thanks. So, they have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul says, we need to get rid of this shit. Eject it out, blow it up. Yeah. And Dad's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, what if it's Ephraim Cochran? I'm not doing it. Dad's fucking fame hunting right now. He is. Uh, and Even though he's already got Archer's that. comment. Yeah, he does. Little bastard. <laughs> That's right. Great callback. Thanks. That's a great callback. <laughs> they um, 
dad says that's settled. We're not doing it. God damn it. We're taking it to the Vulcans and we're going to we're going to take this technology and we're going to use it to fight the Sulaban. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden the Sulaban catch up to them. They start shooting them. Shit. Then they drop out of warp right at the rendezvous point with the with the Vulcans. Mhm. And the Vulcan ship has been like hurt. Obliterated. Yeah. But like everyone's still alive. Everyone's still alive, <laughs> but it's been hurt. It's fucked up. Yeah. And uh this amazing <laughs> space battle Ensues. It was pretty dope. It was really. It was cool. pretty dope. Yeah, all of a sudden the Sulaban stopped fighting the Enterprise. And now they're fighting the Tholians. Mm-hmm. The Tholians get the upper hand. They're winning, and uh-huh. it's during this time that Trip is like, "I gotta get this thing." Oh to work. yeah, he's getting the black box to work. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then what happens? They try. Oh, they and try, then what happens? They try to put that torpedo. Yeah, they try to arm the torpedo, and then Dad <laughs> yeah. and Reed get caught in a loop. Yeah. That was funny. It was enjoyable. And then they they put the torpedo in the in the ship, eject it out because they're gonna blow it up at the Tholians, and, and it doesn't work. Yeah, it ends up not working, and then and then everything disappears. Yeah, they they get the black box on on uh, on speed dial, and they mm-hmm. say, "Yo, <laughs> we got something of yours. You might want to pick it up." And they zap it out, and the Tholians fuck off, and. Well, and then everything starts disappearing, including the body, the body and the box, and all that stuff. The box, and then, uh, and then I got to tell you, David, absolutely nothing got fucking resolved in this episode. No, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden the Sulaban are a major threat, and the Tholians are somehow in a play here because Dad goes, well, you know. Lieutenant Daniel said that there might be more people in this war than just the Sulaban and us. Right. And so we're left to assume the Tholians are. So, you know, this was a zero-sum episode that was kind of enjoyable to watch. It was, and it brought back up the temporal Cold War, which we haven't really seen lately. No. No, we haven't for most of this season. And one of the last things that happens in the episode is to Paul and Archer musing in, in I think, Archer's ready room or something. And Archer's like, huh, can you think of that? You know, I wonder if Vulc- I wonder if human and Vulcans will be swapping chromosomes one day. Oh, yeah. And T'Pol says they're more likely to believe in tri- time travel, referring to the, ah! to the Vulcan High Council. Council said Council. Do you think there's any sort of Chekhov's gun there? What's that? Well, Chekhov's gun is if you see a big gun in a movie, mm-hmm. it's going to get used. Oh, you mean like they're going to fuck? Do you think someone's going to fuck a Vulcan? Well, yeah. I already made my guess early on. Who would you guess? Trip. I'm not looking at you. Trip into Paul. That's my guess. Great. Now I have to listen to our entire catalog to find your real guess. <laughs> no, that is my guess. I don't know if it was the same one, though. It is. It, and you know what? If if uh, if you support me, which I know you do, please email us <laughs> at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. I uh, I do like supporters. And, you know... I feel like you said someone else before. No, you you asked me who T'Pol would fuck. Did I? Yeah, and I said, okay, well, Archer's out because she doesn't want to fuck a, a higher up. It's not appropriate. Hmm. So I said, who's on the same level as her? Flux? Uh, I don't know. No? I don't think so. Don't, I think you it's You don't trip. see Flux getting some strange... I do. That's why he's got seven wives. And they are strange because he never sees them. That's right. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, dad got shut down. 
He got shot down by T'Pol again. You know, you become the first human captain of a starship. Mm-hmm. Good looking. Mm-hmm. You know how to tussle. And, you know, it's just never enough for these Vulcan girls. I'm sensing a little bit of projection here. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. We good? <laughs> We're good. <laughs> um, this has been the Star Companion. It has. The Internet's premier Star Trek fan podcast. We're on all major podcasting platforms. And we, as of yesterday, or two days ago, oh yeah, have stickers now. Stickers, son. So if you want stickers, email us and we'll send you some. That's right. Yeah, we're, when we get those, we're emailing them out to the people who've emailed us already. Yeah, and if you want a sticker, just give us your address and we'll post it online for everybody to see. Yeah. Socials so too, please. Yeah, we want everybody to be in a nice <laughs> in a group and we want everybody it's a community. Yeah, no, don't I mean, we're not going to post it. We but, won't do that. But send send your address and we'll mail you a sticker. Yeah, they're great. They're circular. They're actually really cool. 3 inches by 3 inches. Yeah, when you showed me the mock up, I was like, "Oh, wow." Huh. <laughs> nice. And we'll have a proof of concept here in a few days for you guys to see it if you're not sold. Tomorrow, right? Uh, uh, no, by the 26th of November. Oh, I, well, I thought they were sending you the proof on Monday, and then... Oh, yeah, they will, whatever. yeah, they yeah. will, we'll have a proof of concept next episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.